Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Hi, I'm Jules Von Hepp. Hello, I'm Sarah Powell. And welcome to Wobble, a podcast about happiness and body confidence. Because we all wobble. So on this week's episode of Wobble, we, I say we, I... Yes, you were flying solo. I was flying solo. I met this lovely lady, woman, powerhouse in New York and... I had a black coffee. I think she was very healthy and had a juice. Um, <laughs> you would have had wine if you could Oh have. my gosh, we're in a damn <laughs> juice bar. I looked to see if they had a license, they didn't. <laughs> but instantly, you know when you have a connection with somebody and they inspire you and I thought, you have to be a guest on Wobble. Brilliant. Um, Chinay Alexander is, go and look at her Instagram before you listen to this um, conversation. Before I met her, I was like, oh, this girl's always been nailing it. She just knows what she's doing. But actually when, we dive into that, she didn't. And her journey to getting onto where she wanted to be and, you know, getting herself on that path, I just found incredibly inspiring. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation. I'm sat in a hotel room in San Francisco. So if you can hear bells ringing, that is because there is a tram ding, ding, dinging. But I'm so happy that I'm Skyping with Chinay. Hello. Hi. I'm so glad. Uh, and I live in Brooklyn and I'm sitting here in Brooklyn and you'll probably hear uh, people screaming or fire hydrants or fire uh, engines. So this is going to be a really uh, layered audio file for this podcast. <laughs> I'm really excited, actually. I think that adds uh, a real depth to everything. So you, I mean, God, I literally only met you the other day and I left feeling so inspired. And I knew that you would be an incredible guest on Wobble. I want to know, like, how did you get to where you're being? Because I just think you're an absolute boss bitch. Like, you are nailing it. How, how did it all start for you? Well, I mean, I don't know what... What I'm nailing or not, but I do think like I'm doing what I love every day and I really get up, you know, every single morning and I'm so excited. Like I, I never thought, first of all, that that would be possible for someone. You know, I, I always thought that life kind of had to be this mixture of, you know, complacency and joy. And I never really expected that, that you could really truly wake up with excitement. And so, um, I started a few years ago, I was a marketing director for a furniture design company and I was, I I really loved it. You know, I really loved what I was doing. Did I feel like the most excited about it? No, but I, I really did love it. I got a lot of freedom and I got a lot of opportunities to learn and grow. And I had a boss who just happened to be like a straight white male that actually like really advocated for me. And where were um, you? Where were you when you were working in this like furniture company? Were yeah. You- so I was in, I was in New York and I just moved to New York and I remember my, my interview with that job. I had worked at Nylon Magazine doing an internship and 
I thought I wanted to be the next Anna Wintour. And then I worked at a magazine. I was like, I do not want to work in magazines. This is just not my thing. And it's really crazy to have this dream that you've had for the last, you know, four years of your life that you've been working toward all through school. And, and then you go and, and you actually do the thing that you think you're going to love and you don't love it. I suppose that it's like being in a relationship and you're like, this person has all the pieces that I thought I wanted and it's just not the right person. So I was like, what do I do? Because I had always structured my life to work in magazines. And so, um, um, and also good thing, cause that's not working out that great these days. But, um, <laughs> I put, I answered a Craigslist ad for this marketing coordinator job. And what was so crazy is I literally looked at the list of, you know, recommendations for like experience and stuff. And I was like, well, none of the, I don't have any of these, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to just try cause it sounds cool. So I, I sat at this coffee shop on Houston street in New York city. And I remember him looking down at my resume and it was very clear that he had never looked at it prior to this. Someone had just been like, you should interview this girl. And he looked down and he was like, you don't have any experience for this job. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I was like, but I know I'd be really good at it. And I'm like allergic to failure and give me three months. I said, give me three months. And at the end of three months, if you don't like me or you don't think I'm doing a good job, I'll fire myself and I'll find you someone better. And I, I am not sure why he said yes to that deal, but I think it was kind of like this girl has some like balls of steel. So I, um, started working there as a 21 year old in New York city with no money living in the living room of someone's apartment. So you were living in someone's living room. Yeah, I was living in the living room and my friend was living in the bedroom. We had been sold a very uh, cheap bill of goods on this apartment. We (laughs) were told it was a two bedroom. It was most certainly not. Um, but yeah, I was just so thankful that someone took a chance on me. And I remember the first day he was like, all right, I need a press release. I was like, I don't know how to do that. And I remember distinctly sitting on my laptop that they had just given me to work on. And I was like Googling how to write a press release because I had no clue. But the thing was, is I was like so willing to learn. And I, I was willing to also admit that I didn't know what I was doing, um, which I think has served me to this day is really like admitting that you have that bandwidth for learning. I think it's also like acceptance that it's okay to not know what you're doing and to be learning. And Googling is like, I know what you mean. Like you look back and you're just like, how did I even do that job? And what was I doing? Like, (laughs) why why did I even do that? But you just do it, don't you? Yeah. And I think that's like, that doesn't get talked about enough with like entrepreneurship or even working at a company or whatever you're doing or even motherhood or being a friend or being in a relationship. I think we don't talk enough about that. This is a figuring out process. Like we're all just like bumbling around, stumbling, you know, trying to figure out what works. And I I actually wrote a thing today about like, I want to stop people saying like, fake it till you make it. Because I think that's kind of what's wrong with our culture is that we constantly have to put on this front of who we are rather than just embracing that we may not know everything, but we're there and we're present and we're willing to learn and do it with some level of kindness. And it's just the best mentors, the best bosses I've ever had. I've learned so much more from their risks, their failures, and the things they didn't know than I ever did from like these things they excelled at. So going back to your initial question, when you say, oh my gosh, you've accomplished so much, I see all these things. 
I am so proud of, that I've done things and that, you know, I'm doing my dream. But I also get so much joy out of all the things that I have no freaking clue that I'm, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, you know? And so the, I'm still that same girl from 2007 being a 21 year old. I'm still throwing noodles at a wall and seeing what sticks. And I'm just glad that sometimes it sticks. When was the tipping point for you? Because we've spoken about you um, writing the press releases that you didn't know the fuck you were doing. But yeah. like, when, when did it all start? to I want to say snowball and I don't like it when people ask me that question but it's like when did it all click into place well so I kept kind of taking on more responsibility at that job and I eventually became the marketing director which was basically like right under the 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 owner of the company and so I really there was nowhere for me to go and I my friend Abby was like working at a company called class pass and she was like okay there's a social media job. ClassPass, if you have never heard of it, is, um, it's like an app, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you sign up and pay a monthly fee and you go work out okay. at different studios and it's like discounted. So I, I was, I was in, I liked fitness. I was involved in fitness and I was like, oh, this could be cool. I had no experience in social media. Started an Instagram account that was solely kind of centered around fitness and just for the interview, just to say like, okay, I know I don't have any actual resume experience but here's something that I'm a little side thing. I had 300 followers. They were like, absolutely not. We will not hire you. And I was like, okay. So I kept doing it though. Cause I was finding these connections with these 300 strangers on the internet, really fascinating. And I began to like talk to strangers every day. And it was this connection that I'd never had because to put yourself out there and to follow the life of someone you don't know is a really fascinating thing. And you start caring about them. You know, so I was doing that. And then two weeks later, um, after that interview, I went, you know, I had been back in my old job and my boss pulled me aside and he said, you're an entrepreneur. You're not supposed to work for me. You're not supposed to work for anyone. There's nowhere for you to grow here. So I'm paying you for two months. Go start a company. Well, for want of a better turn and phrase, he was basically sacking you because you were too good. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say too good, but there's just nowhere for me, nothing more for me to do. And he genuinely uh-huh. valued me as a person. And that moment was the scariest fucking moment of my life because the feeling of having the bottom drop out combined with someone speaking over you, the things that they would prescribe you to do. And I think even scarier is that knowing that you must do it, that combination will make you feel like you want to immediately shit your pants. (laughs) (laughs) I think at that moment where, because basically your fate was decided, somebody was shoving you out of a company and saying, go start your own company. You had two options to take, I guess. Like you had option A of going, I'm going to do this or option B, I can't do it. And you could have gone and got another full-time job somewhere else. And what was everybody saying around you when that moment was given to you? Well, um, I, that day, that that happened it happened at lunch it was at this very fancy park avenue restaurant which was so great but i remember ordering we ordered tuna tartare and i remember both of us were so didn't have an appetite we couldn't eat it because we were both so like distraught in our own ways and it's like these two people sitting there crying at a restaurant staring at tuna tartare and i'm sure everyone around us was like who are these crazy people but after that i walked around for like two hours in the snow and i tuna tartare the snow it's all too much for me right now it's it's so many layers so many things are happening you know <laughs> and it was such a new york moment that you're like you're walking around and your face feels like it's gonna freeze off and you're in you, i was going through bouts of 
like laughing and crying. I'm sure I was just. How old were you? Uh, this was, I guess, three years ago. Yeah. So I was like 29, 28, 29. You know, I was just outside myself and I couldn't tell anyone. And in that moment, I just had to be by myself. And I sat down and I wrote all the things down at this diner. I had a pad with me and I wrote all these things down that I loved and all the things I was passionate about in life, not just work, just like things. And I kind of realized that this all centered around people. I was passionate about people. And so I, you know, was like, okay, I've got to just pick something. I need to pick a career, pick a job. And if I pivot off of that, eventually that's what will happen. But, you know, so many people squander away their dreams and their talents because they don't just fucking pick something. And so I picked it. I picked event planning. I started an event planning company that night. I went home. I built a website. I ordered business cards that said event planner on them. And I was like, the hell am I doing? People are going to think I'm such a fraud. People are going to think I'm such a faker because I have, you know, I have some experience doing this for my old job, but like the fact that I have this business, this feels like I'm in someone else's body, but I did it anyway. And then I remember that night, this is all happening the same day, by the way, I remember walking around my neighborhood and there was a flower shop and it said help needed part-time assistant floral designer needed or something. And it had a number on the window. And I remember taking my phone out and writing that number in my notes. And I texted my coworker and I said, I know you were looking for a part-time nanny. Like I, I am interested in doing the job. And what was so crazy is like, I was just so desperately looking for a safety net that I was reducing myself to things that you know, not to say those are bad jobs or whatever, but they, at that time, they had nothing to do with my passion or my abilities, but they were little small decisions I made out of fear. And the next morning I remember waking up and I deleted the number of the flower shop out of my Uh phone. And I texted my coworker and I said, forget that text. I I can't be a nanny. I don't even like kids. So (laughs) I was just like, I was like, okay, you have to do this. And, uh, that day I started my event planning company and Friday that Friday, which was a day from the point where I built my website and things, that was my last day at my job. So you just, you literally just did it. You said it, you hit the nail on the head with, you had the fear and the people have the fear of not having that regular income. And so they just slot themselves in another box. But you have to, it, it's almost like this gut thing, isn't it? Where you go, I don't, I don't actually want to do that. And also the thing is, it's like, I think we as people, whether it be work or relationships or body image stuff or whatever it is, we make these like huge, profound goals and huge, profound milestones in our brain. We craft these things that... Uh, that feels so untouchable and so big. And I think the thing that's helped me the most with, you know, my body, my journey with health, my, you know, journey into entrepreneurship and my relationships has been, you don't need to have this huge goal. You need to wake up and do the thing in the next hour that propels you closer to where you want to be. And it's about making that like tiny little goal, tiny little decision. And for me that morning, all I could do was delete that fucking number, send that text and start drafting an email that said, hi, I'm no longer with this company. And I started my own company and here's where you can find me. And that's all I could do that day. That's all I could manage. But doing that small step propelled me closer to eventually being where I am. 
am. Let's talk about where you are. Like, what, how, so how did it build from there? So event planning was going well. I had clients. I was all word of mouth, which was incredible. And I had all this great support from people around me. And, you know, like pro tip, like your relationships the ones you are building now, you may think they will have nothing to do with the thing that you want to do eventually. And they totally do, (laughs) you know, like having great people in my life and people to talk on behalf of me and to recommend me was just like huge, but I made that business grew. But at the same time, that 300 person Instagram account was also growing. And I didn't even really realize that I was just posting because it was fun and I enjoyed it. And I remember one day my friend called me or texted me and said, you have 10,000 Instagram followers. And I was like, no, I don't. She was like, yes, you do. And I remember being just like, why the hell does anyone care? You know, much less 10,000 people care about what I'm doing. It was this, it was this moment of like, when you really do the things that make you happy, not for money, not for joy, not for people knowing you, but just purely because that, that is what you want to do. You know, it kind of thrives. It's, you don't even have to really water it. It just goes. And so Instagram was growing. My business was flourishing. And then as Instagram continued to grow, my time shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And I was finding myself really burnt out. And I was finding myself at 3 a.m. every night working and simultaneously filled up by the joy of doing what I wanted to do and being on my own and equally so crispy exhausted that I could barely keep my eyes open. And so I had to make a decision. And so about a year and a half ago, I decided to full-time pursue my personal brand, which lives on Instagram, YouTube, and then out in the world doing on-camera work and eventually will be in podcast form and book form, hopefully TV show form. But what is the most special and the most compelling to me is that I'm still doing the dream and the the passion that I had in that coffee shop the day I got fired. My passion wasn't events. My passion was people. And now I work with people every day. I talk to people all day, every day. And, you know, I think that trust in myself that I would figure it out was the only way to get where I'm where I am you mentioned body confidence before and that's something that we're really passionate about on wobble and when it comes to having the Instagram followers like how important is body confidence to you because I know you're in fitness but we've interviewed people on wobble before and I speak to people every day being in fitness doesn't mean to say that you are body confident it doesn't mean that you just because you might be fit and healthy doesn't mean to say that you love your body well it's this is like actually a really interesting journey that I've been on because when I first moved to New York out of college, I was 225 pounds. I was the most unhealthy person. I would literally call the deli because at the time we didn't have like Postmates or, you know, delivery services. We just called the deli. I would call the deli on my way to work every day and I would order an everything bagel, bacon, egg and cheese, veggie cream cheese, an iced coffee and a pack of cigarettes. And I would have it delivered to my office every day. And that's how I began my days in 2007. I was massively overweight, but I was probably, other than at this very moment, probably I was the most body confident I've ever been. The reason why I started my health and fitness journey wasn't because I hated my body. It was because number one, I was a little competitive because I made a bet with a guy friend, but also I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn and to see if I could discipline myself and try something new. What bet did you make? I, I just bet my guy friend 
that we could like start healthy living and like start working out, you know, almost every day and eating healthy. And he was like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it too. And it was just this casual thing. We were at like a bridal shower, like a baby shower or something like a, (laughs) some, some social event that no one wanted to be at probably. But we started talking about it and that was like where it began. And the next day I started the thing that's funny about changing your body is that at first I became really, really, really propelled by people's confidence in me and really propelled by their words. And so the feeling, the rush I would feel walking into a room and having people go, oh my God, you look amazing. Oh my God, you've lost so much weight. Oh my God, you look like you're glowing. All these things. Like I became so addicted to other people's opinions of me. And what's funny about that is that the more you care about what other people think and the more you value what other people think, the less you value what you think about yourself and the more contorted it becomes, the more you start to question yourself. Because if you don't hear you look pretty, you look thin or wow, you've lost so much weight. If you don't hear that, you immediately bottom out. And so I ended up losing 70 pounds. I loved fitness. I loved the learning part of it. In fact, I, the first day I remember going to the library and checking out Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia to Modern Bodybuilding. And I wasn't trying to be a bodybuilder, but I, I wanted to l- learn how to lift weights. And so for me, that education piece was really fun. But with all the learning, I was losing that confidence that I had always had since I was birthed. Like I came out of the birth canal, like what's up world, but <laughs> I lost it for a minute. And, and that was also when my Instagram account was growing and combine like walking into a party and someone saying you look great and then multiply that by a thousand when you post a picture on Instagram and thousands of people are chiming in to like comment on the way you look. And it was a really interesting thing because at my skinniest, I was my least confident. I was my least pleased and, and joyful. I, I was I was at this point where every piece of my confidence was dependent on others. And so I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. I am getting my sanity back. I am repositioning myself. I started moving my content from fitness to overall like well-being, badassery. How do you build a woman that's confident and isn't dependent on the views of others for her own worth? And I learned how to build that in my, rebuild that in myself. I gained back 10 sanity pounds and I learned to live with like a little bit more grace for myself, you know, and I want, as I talk about body confidence to be the way that other people hear it, the way that other people learn it is like, learn that body confidence doesn't mean that you don't have negative thoughts about yourself. Doesn't mean that every day you think you look fucking awesome, but it does mean that your worth is not bound in those things. And it helps, you know, the whole trick of it is that when you don't believe that your worth is bound in all this bullshit, you actually meet your goals because you're making change from a positive, loving place rather than a hateful place. And I actually think that's why I was able to even transform my body because at the initial start of it, I loved myself and I was doing it for myself because I believed I was worth it rather than hating myself and punishing to get me somewhere. It's a really fascinating kind of thing of like navigating it every day for your own self and and then on behalf of others. Body confidence is such a, like, I believe that um, it's about accepting what you look like and, and, like, accepting that that's the body that you've been given. Like, I love that you called it 10 sanity pounds. How do you manage, like, if you do gain a few pounds or you lose a few pounds or... Because we all do it. We all have that 
moment where, oh, my clothes are too tight or this has changed or, you know, when you yeah. take, when I have people in my life that will take a selfie and they'll hide their body and then just put their face in it. How do you manage if your body shape changes? It's a, it's a process <laughs> for sure of, you know, especially because you see yourself so often, like, and you also, I do a lot of on camera work. So I not only see how I take photos of me or how the people I know take photos of me, I see how complete strangers see me and like video doesn't lie. Sometimes it's a, it's a hard truth to see yourself, but I think the thing that I have done to combat this stress of how I look and if things change or fluctuate is to share it vulnerably and to share it fully. And what do you mean by that? What do you mean by sharing it? Every time I have this feeling in my gut, like I don't want to post that picture or I don't want someone to post that picture because I look bad, usually that will be the one I pick. Because for me, my platform isn't inspiring people to be me. My platform is about inspiring people to be more of themselves and to show more of themselves. And if I'm not allowed, if I'm not able to walk that message, like personally, how the hell am I supposed to tell people to do it themselves? And it's scary, but here's the thing about being vulnerable. The more you do it, the more you realize how necessary it is for your own personal growth you realize how much it helps people. Me in a bikini with like photoshopped on abs helps like so many fewer people than me showing that I have stretch marks. I might have rolls when I sit or when I stand, let's be honest. But like, it's the thing of like, what do you want to do? Do you want people to be like you or do you want to inspire people to feel good about themselves? And we all have different messages in this world and mine is the latter. And so, yeah, it's sometimes hard to see yourself. Like there's a video circulating right now. It's an Adidas ad. And there are parts of it that I think I look fucking gross. But you know what? I had just come off of a vacation where I had the time of my life and I was doing something that I'd never done before. And I was fully enjoying it. And yeah, I was a little bloated and on a shoot day and I wasn't like looking my best, but every time I see the video, I don't cringe anymore. I am excited to see it because I'm like, that is such a reflection of like this huge company still wanted me to film a video with them. They still love me the way I was. And I had that really amazing time right before, you know, and kind of being able to just say, yeah, well, that's the truth of what I looked like. That's where I was. And that's okay. And there's so little of that on social media. And I wish there was more. How do you stay motivated? Um, the tiny decision-making process of just like, get up, put your shoes on. Like, you don't have to like say for the next 30 days, I'm going to eat perfectly healthy or I'm going to, you know, be really good with my work boundaries. It's like, you just have to make a decision about the next thing you're going to do. And then that is a tiny win that you had. And I think when we set ourselves up with these tiny little wins, like when we're like, I did that, that little thing, it propels you forward. It gives you that extra boost of like saying, I can do this. You know, it's, it's. So you're, so you're, uh, you're motivated on a step-by-step process. Totally. And also I'm actually motivated when people share their own struggles with things because it makes me feel lighter about my own. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody feels that way. I, we may not all be in, in tune to that, that we feel that way, but certainly I think, don't you, don't you feel like when someone like humanizes themselves, you're like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not as fucked up as I thought. <laughs> 
Every time, every time. And like we all, we all have issues. And one thing that we always ask people on Wobble is, you know, what makes you wobble? What makes me wobble? That there's, I think there's just so much. And, and honestly, meeting people like you that inspire me in like the first five minutes of meeting them is so, I don't know, I can't describe it. When I meet people that are so on fire and you meet people that they're like, I hear you, I see you, I am you. There is nothing more freeing to feel part of a whole. You know, it spurs me forward and inspires me. It makes me it makes me feel like anything is possible. And so just, I, I do want to thank you. Like, I, I think what makes me wobble is meeting people that are on fire for the world. Is there anything that it like triggers negative emotions in you? Doubting that I can provide for my team sometimes. I'm really passionate about helping women and growing a, a team full of strong women in my business. And, and how many how many people, how big is your team? We're five now. Yeah. So it makes me afraid that people defend on depend on me. They count on me to do the right things and to say the right things. That I think is so scary. And I, I imagine every parent feels that way too. You're trying to raise raise people or raise little humans and that's really scary. And so I guess what makes me wobble is the fact that now people depend on me. And I'm not just this independent free agent. I'm not just entrepreneur, Shanae, freelance in the wind. I'm building some something that not only my team depends on, but that, that people show up every day and come to their phones and they depend on me to say something or to be with them or to hear them. And sometimes I get scared that I won't have the right thing to say or that I won't say the right thing and it could really impact someone's life. And so I guess the responsibility to others is really fucking scary. It's scary and it's exciting. And so I think that with every fear, with everything that triggers us, when we overcome it, when we do it anyway, there is nothing that feels better. So true. Shanae, you've been amazing. It's been awesome. Thank you. I've loved being here. How can you even put into words how amazing? What a brilliant chat. I absolutely, I loved so many things that she said. One of the things that I really loved was the idea of throwing noodles at the wall and seeing what sticks. Because, I, I mean, we have this enormous pressure, everybody seems to have it, of being found out. Mm. That if you don't have all the answers, if you don't know everything, and none of us do, we're all blagging it, we're all winging it. Nobody is 100% sure of every decision that they ever make. And the idea of just diffusing that actually a little bit and just going, do you know what, I don't know anything. She had that great phrase, didn't she, that was um, that you've got a bandwidth for learning. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing idea that we are all learning all the time well we are that's the thing and i think she also i love the when she just says so many people don't fucking pick something and you know i believe like i mean look look at me i didn't think i was going to be a spray tanner and have a brand like but i just picked spray tanning because i kind of liked it and just ran with it yeah i really connected with her view on that i also love the fact that she said you know you don't need to achieve the end goal just make tiny steps yes that idea, and we talked about we've talked about this a lot on Wobble actually, and particularly it makes me think of um, Gina Swire when we spoke to her on oh, the last I series. I listen to that all the time. Go back and listen to that if you if you haven't listened for a while to that episode because it is phenomenal. The idea that you can do small things now, which get you closer to where you want to be. 
just that idea of here and there and if you can pull it a bit nearer it is amazing how much stuff changes yeah. just from taking those first couple of steps it's amazing how different you feel yeah because you know that you're on the path yeah um, it's like you were saying you wanted to be more hydrated and just by having one yes. glass of water in the morning it got you on the way to being it totally hydrated. Did. And I bought my bottle, I bought a Chili's bottle, hi Chili's. I bought a bottle and I have it with me now and that is water that I just wouldn't be drinking if I didn't have my bottle. So it is all about those little steps, just those little things that you can do right now that will transform things. And I also loved when she said, you know, do what makes you happy because it will just grow. It will water itself because you love doing it. So the ideas will yes. come, you'll keep enjoying it and you'll keep thriving off it. And I think, you know, we get a lot of correspondence in about people not liking their jobs or not liking a situation in their life. And I think this is a very inspiring conversation and podcast episode where it really shows you that I think her view is quite similar to mine and probably yours. We only live once. Yeah. So we really have to make the most of what we've got here and just keep making yourself happy. Yeah. We absolutely love you for listening to Wobble. Please do like, subscribe. Five stars if, yeah. you, if you want. <laughs> yeah, Jules likes five star reviews, please. If you want to get in touch, I'm at this Sarah Powell. And I'm at Jules Van Hat. And we will see you next time for another episode of Wobble. <laughs>